0: deplorable nation a podcast where your voices can be heard where things that affect you and your family are important because it's important to all of us every one of us matters and everybody has a voice we're going to be bringing you news current events and throw in a lot of humor and then you decide for yourself Hello and welcome to another episode of Deplorable Nation. This is episode number 61. And today is titled A Voyage to a Better Life. And that is because I have a wonderful guest on here today. And that is the title of his book, which we are going to talk about today. But everybody welcome, Mr. Chad. How are you doing, my dear?
1: Good, Janet. I'm doing well. How are you today?
0: I am super stoked that you're on here with me because I know that, uh, you were one of the way back followers when I used to do periscopes with Bob. Mm -hmm. So kudos to you for that. Um, and for always being present whenever you were available to do so. So we appreciate that a great deal. So tell everybody about you.
1: Yeah. So I was, um, well, thanks for being one of the first people to kind of wake me up and red pill me, Janet, that, that, um, you and Bob on those early shows kind of coincided along with my, I guess, maturation on this whole red pill process. And so I'll, I'll, I'll kind of take you back to my childhood. I was, I'm from Southern California, born and raised in San Diego. Um, you know, the, the quote unquote perfect life, you know, two parent home, um, you know, not, not wealthy, but not poor, um, I grew up with an older brother, a lot of neighborhood, uh, kids as friends, you know, playing the wiffle ball on the street, riding bikes, you know, just leave the house at eight in the morning and come back for lunch and then come back again for dinner. You know, uh, a different world we live in now, but, um, very, yeah, I grew up in a, um, uh, a, a stable home, had a, a really a world view of just like very positive, you know? And, um, for me, that even included going through college, good experience, um, uh, played college sports, graduated, uh, got a job, um, close to where the school was at, worked there for a few years and started my own business. Business went well. I'm still in the same company. Um, and in 2020, like a lot of people, my, my view of the world changed and it wasn't necessarily, um, well, kind of go back a little bit on some of, of your shows with, with Bob. Um, you know, we dig into some of the fun topics and it was more of a, Hey, this is entertaining. I'm driving around all day for my job and, and we can get some good laughs out of it and, and dig into uh, a lot of rabbit holes <laughs> and, and see where we end up. But, um, for me, a lot changed when the whole, you know, obviously COVID hit and the BLM stuff. And I, um, I, I've told you about this, but I, I was, um, actually jumped and beaten up and robbed uh, at the beginning of the BLM stuff uh, while waiting for my food outside of a restaurant um, by about eight guys. So, and lucky to be so alive, what
0: happened? What happened with that?
1: Yeah. So um, I went out. My brother was moving into town and I told him I'd go over and uh, help him hang up, hang one of his TVs and, and get some stuff moved in before his family did. So um, it was right at the beginning of COVID when – all the, the restaurants were kind of locked down and there was one local place that we walked to and we could get some takeout food. So we went, it was like an outdoor patio area and ordered our food. I told my brother, Hey, I'm going to go get the cab, um, across the street. And while he was waiting for it, next thing I knew, I, I saw someone running at me. I think I got hit over the back of my head. Um, turns out I, I ended up, I broke my leg, snapped snapped my fibula clean in half had surgery on it. Um, yeah, I mean, lucky to be alive. Um, and
0: so what, what, what in the world made them decide to like charge you? I mean,
1: yeah, good, good question. Right. Thanks for backing me up a little bit. So my background, I have four kids. Um, one of my kids is adopted and she's, she's African American and, um, it was this whole the conversation about should you wear a mask and I wasn't wearing one and black lives matter and all this stuff. And, you know, positive worldview. Chad just said like, Oh yeah, you know, no, no big deal. Like I, I believe that all my kids lives matter. And that right. was before all lives matter. had like a stigma to it. I just said, Oh, all my kids lives matter. And I showed a guy a picture of my kids. And at that moment, nothing was really said. And I think that triggered, um, something right. Um, I don't fully remember if it was that same person, but I would imagine possibly that was, that was likely the case. And that was before I even saw some of this like violence in the streets. When I came home, my wife was like, what the heck happened? Like, this is not of your nature, you know? And then over the next few weeks, we see more and more of this stuff happening. So that was when I realized this isn't about equality necessarily. This is a uh, right. an interesting organization. And so then I really started to dig into, you know, the pandemic and uh, where we stand with the election fraud, everything. And I went down and just got in a really bad mental space, quite honestly, and that kind of led me to where I'm at with um, trying to look more and more into mental health and and getting back to my roots. Um, But it was a tough year, year and a half, I think, for a lot of us.
0: So let me ask you a question. Um, Since that was at the beginning of their mostly peaceful (coughs) cough cough um summer of love that you know the msm likes to push yeah um and a lot of facilities hospital wise things like that were shut down did you have or or shut off certain services i should say did you have any issues trying to get your surgery scheduled to fix your leg or it was or was it one of those things where you know, like you went right in with no problem.
1: So I got really lucky. Um, I was able to get a surgery. One of the last, last ones that I actually, that actually was scheduled during that time. So I had to take a COVID test and I was able to get the surgery done the day before my family was leaving for vacation to Utah and um, to get away. And, uh, I, so had the surgery next day, I'm in a car for eight hours driving <laughs> on painkillers and whatnot, but Fun. <laughs> I did, I did get the COVID test. Um, I never wanted to take one, but I, I, I did get the COVID test and was able to get my surgery with the surgeon of choice down in San Diego. And, um, he helped me out. I'm, I'm actually back running. I'm fully healthy now with the plate on the leg and stuff. But, um, yeah, lucky cause they shut down the clinic for a while. I think the following week.
0: So did they like arrest this guy or was anybody ever charged? Because I know living in um, the state that you live in, there is a lot of very um, puppeted like district attorneys and lawyers and stuff like that, that, you know, don't charge people or they slap them on their hand and then let them go with no bail and, stuff like that did anybody ever actually pay the price for what they did to you no
1: not that i know of and i i thought about going down that path but it's somewhere that i i frequent the area a lot and i just determined i just don't even want to go down that path um so i'm fine i'm healthy if it would have been more of a life altering thing i think i would have but um you know, looking back, maybe I, maybe I should have. I, I don't. I don't know. I just kind of wanted to move on and and just put it behind me. So no, no, I know one was charged. That. I'm sure I could have gone back, gotten surveillance or something like that, but I, I did not press any charges. No.
0: But then again, that's one of those things where this organization is not what it claims to be. Yeah. And they are really good at inciting violence, like all of the color revolutions throughout history. I mean, you always have um, the antagonist, I guess you could say, where they go out and, you know, basically terrorize a a public and a public space or terrorize groups of people. And then, you know, also at the same time, collect money for politicians.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, But and, and- it's
0: one of those things where there may be retribution if you do because I think they're batshit nuts, a lot of them. I, and I, I'm going to say I think some of them are innocent because they don't know, like, what they're doing or the purpose behind it or anything because that was definitely a hijacked movement. Mm-hmm. So I think there's some people in there that are innocent, but you got a lot of people in that organization that are not. So I could totally understand that because you don't want a bunch of crazies coming at you either.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the whole I I think we know it is or what it is at this point. And for the, for about six months after that, I just got a dark place of like digging in and so much and it consumed me. And over the last, few months now you know after the election you know the first month after that's kind of like man, they they rigged it they stole it from from the side mm-hmm. i voted for um you know, i'm a big trump supporter and um but i finally have come to the point recently where I, I can't i can't stand that because it's it's really mentally unhealthy and i've actually seen on like twitter a lot recently from people i follow or follow me that um a lot of people have just come out and said like I can't take this anymore. I'm losing all my friends. Um, right. I don't find value in my life. Like a lot of really dark, um, places people aren't going to. I mean, it's sad to see, but unless you're really, really built for it to where you can really let things, you know, just roll off your back. Yeah. Essentially you, you're you going to break. Um, right. So that's where I've gotten to the point, um, to where, I've got to, I got to jump into, you know, how, how, how we've been labeled, you know, what the media is, Um, you know, uh, conspiracy debunkers are basically, I got to the point where I'm like, okay, the media has portrayed me and other people like me as um, all or nothing type people, right? There's like a cognitive distortion of you are either a complete conspiracy theorist believing all these types of things and you're nuts and you're essentially a terrorist. If you're a free thinker, even if you question anything or you can be one of us and accept everything we say, don't question COVID wear a mask, get every jab, get every booster, get every variant um, injection, all of it. It's either one or the other and there's no room to even question anything they say, or you are, you're a terrorist essentially. And that's kind of the world mm-hmm. in which we live. Um, it's conformity's completely been weaponized,
0: right? And it, it's so funny to me because since when in the history of our being has there ever been a time where if you ask a question, they label you as a domestic terrorist, mm-hmm. and it, and you know the and I've said this so many times before, but. Um, the weaponization of information is key to survival, and so the more people that you can have a conversation with and ask a question to, or to share information with, then they share it with somebody else, and you don't have to wake up a bunch of people, you know, in their in their terms, wake up. Um, you can just share some information, and if it's something that person has never heard before, they can go look into it, and then they share it with someone else. So even, you know, having that ability to reach one person is so important. And, you know, obviously, I'm a terrorist. (laughs) I'm a terrorist on multiple fronts. Um, I'm a, I'm a terrorist because I visited a city. I'm a terrorist because, you know, I speak freely. I question things and I came from the medical industry. So I'm a super terrorist. Um, (laughs) But, you know, it's never going to make me stop because I'm one of those people that I'm very grounded in, not just my faith, but in my morals, my beliefs, and the way that I live my life, and I know that I was put doing this for a purpose and for a reason. And nothing they can say or do to me is ever going to change that. And so I think a lot of people are very scared um, to be vocal or to be a critic or, you know, to ask a question. Because they are afraid of losing friends. But here's my message to those people. If you're afraid of losing friends or family members because you question something or you have a different belief system, then those people are never meant to be around you in the first place. And yes, family included. I'm in that same situation. And I personally do not care because I don't need their negative energy. And I have no drama. My life is drama-free. Um, and it it helps me maintain, like, the healthy balance of, you know, um, proper sleep and happiness and things like that when I don't have to worry about somebody else's issues or negativity or problems or, you know, hatefulness or whatever. I don't let it get to me for yeah. that reason specifically. Because it, every time you allow that kinds of uh, toxic environment into your life, it changes your life too in little ways that maybe you don't even know.
1: Absolutely, and and sometimes to help people, you have to say some challenging things to them, and right. But there's not much room for that in the world in which we live, and I don't know if you saw. There was a chart I found on on Twitter. It's kind of interesting, and I have to give credit to. I don't know Abby Richards. I see, and it's a it's called a conspiracy chart. H- have you seen this, Janet? Uh, the pyramid, yeah. And it's they basically <laughs> tell you if you're if you've lost your mind completely, and and there's like a, a whole spectrum of like um, from you're a danger to yourself, or you can have a question, or things that actually happened. <laughs> it was it was making me laugh. It's basically they're just telling you how to think, you know. Um, exactly, and if you, if you question anything like anything that might have a deep consequence for, you know, the "quote unquote" cabal that may be out there, and you're, you will have been, you you should basically check into a mental facility, and that's kind of how they portray this thing. Um,
0: and it's so funny to me because number one, um, who gave whoever made that little meme chart mm-hmm. the authority? To pass judgment in somebody else's life yeah. or a group of people's life. You know, uh, you're not my maker. And personally, I don't really care about your hatred and your opinion of me. It makes no difference. And I think a lot of people s- still are the mindset that those things do matter and that they're so worried about what other people think and other people, how they see them. And if they're pretty enough or if they're, you know, considered smart enough or, you know, whatever the case may be, they're still judging you and you're allowing them to judge you by caring what they think of the, you in the first place. Stop doing that. Yeah. All because right. stop stop doing that because it it stops them from having any power over you whatsoever. You want to call me a bunch of names? Trust me, I've been called literally everything you could possibly think of. Thank you to all my trolls out there. And I I don't care. I wear that as a badge of honor. Okay, you think I'm a four letter word that starts with a C? Great. That makes me more powerful than you. So I don't really care.
1: Absolutely. Like, I, I tried to instill this in my my daughter. So um I have four kids. One's 18. She just went off to college uh playing volleyball. Super awesome girl. Was uh she's going in almost a sophomore um Division one full ride scholarship. Great kid, right? But she's still trying to right. find her way. I have right. a, a 10-year-old son and then twin six year old daughter. So my my daughter, um, this past week, so she's at she's away, she's about an hour and a half away at college. And That someone on her volleyball team, I won't say the school or anything like that, but someone on her volleyball team tested positive for COVID this this past about seven days ago now.
0: So the coaches are
1: everyone go quarantine. So everyone goes back to the dorm, but then like a lot of the girls just kind of intermix and do their own thing. Well, my daughter kind of got quote unquote talked into going to another girl's dorm and she ended up spending the night over there and hanging out. And well, two days later, my, my daughter ends up getting sick and so she goes and gets a COVID test she tests positive so she was the only one in our family um, that didn't have COVID already the other five of us got it back in like late March early April we all got it at the same time and got through it just fine but so she tested positive so she came home well apparently somebody on her volleyball team had seen her they saw her car parked at someone else's dorm room so they she got ratted out to the coach and the the coach had to have team meetings and it's the drama finally came to a head last night. The coach had to call a zoom meeting and say, everyone stopped telling on each other for like, I don't even want to know. So right. it's, it's to this point where my daughter had such anxiety over, what do I say? What do I do? And I said, say exactly what you did because you're getting so much anxiety because you're living in this like false self, like either pick a right. lane, either you're, you're not going to com- conform to every single rule. But if you aren't, just don't lie about it. Just that's who you are and own it. Because when you try to live this like dual life or this, this false self comes out, it's just this, you know, invisible mask you're wearing, so to speak, that you're never going to be happy because you know who you are at your core, but then you're going to play this other half to make some other girl happy that like happy full on vaccination to the death type person, right? And right you can't please everyone. This is it's it's too much there's too much um diversity to make every single person happy right now and just and she so finally came to the okay, I'm just gonna own it. This is what I believe and this is who I am. And I'm like, trust me, this is right. not gonna be the last time this happens in your life. It'll happen in the workplace, right? So no wherever in, in your marriage, whatever yeah. the case may be. You have to be honest with yourself.
0: Yeah. And you have to have a voice and you have to have That inner self that, you know, when you're put in a situation that you can say, uh, yes, this is what I believe. This is how I am. These are my morals and values. If it offends you, I'm really sorry, but you have your own set of morals and values. And so here's why I'm upset or here's why we need to discuss something communication is a huge thing not just with you know marriages or relationships but friendships uh business acquaintances literally anybody and everybody on the planet you have to be able to learn how to communicate and communicate properly with people so that there is no misunderstanding like this is me i put it all out there like I am the same person on air that I am off air and I don't apologize for that and I don't change for that. But I think a lot of people are very, they're still in that little, um, they want to stay in like a little protective bubble where they don't have to interact. They don't, they don't have to, you know, uh, poke the bear per se if they're upset or whatever, or somebody wronged them or hurt their feelings. Like, like they don't speak up. That doesn't help you that makes you keep all of that inside you have to be able to to be able to communicate like what you actually feel mm-hmm. or things will never get any better
1: and the media has done a good job at silencing that though too because as an 18 year old trying right. to navigate it my daughter's in pretty sheltered in a lot of ways but she sees right. I mean there's there's some things that have been said you know, unspoken from the media is hey you either believe the news or you're crazy right this is all or nothing thinking right. you take the vaccine right. or you're selfish and you're basically a murderer you listen right. to every three-letter agency out there or you're a QAnon terrorist right it's right it's pick a lane and that's just super dangerous to think that there's no other way um, to think or navigate life
0: yeah and that's because like I said before uh knowledge is power And so, the more people that are, you know, aware of things that are going on and aware of, you know, all the lies and the falsehoods in the media, just here's an example. Um, And I I don't usually talk about current events on a show, but I'm going to discuss this because it's funny as shit. Um, Like the whole incident where ABC News posted. Um, all this people running for terror inside the Kabul airport and yeah, blah, blah, blah. And oh, my God, look at this. And people are going crazy trying to get a flight. And then they got fucking busted and called out because they were fucking football fans running <laughs> through the goddamn entrance to the stadium to get. There first. You mean it wasn't I, the running I mean, of the bulls? <laughs> yeah, no. And it's so funny because, you know, uh, the blatant lies and blatant, blatant deceit, like how many times now have they get completely busted mm-hmm. for posting pictures uh, and saying it's one thing when people call them out and be like, look, bitch, this actually happened years ago and this is what it's from. You know, and so their credibility is it's so like zero, but they hold such a huge stake, like in all of the world, because, you know, four or five corporations like literally own all of the media outlets. But you're supposed to believe them, even though they lie repeatedly and constantly get busted for it. But if you don't believe them, you're a terrorist. So. Um, if they come for this terrorist, I'm just going to say that I am going to use some of the defenses uh, that have been used in the past for, you know, the the fake pictures and the smashing of devices and stuff under a subpoena and whatnot. I'm just going to play the same game, same damn game. Because if you're going to get me, you're going to get me regardless. But I'm not going to go down in the typical fashion.
1: Yeah. I'm just saying, and it's well. It's really frustrating because where is where is our leadership? And I get like, Trump is still hosting rallies and holding all those things, and I, and he's doing what he can. But like on a local level, where are where are church major church leaders or somebody to organize a march or something? So we have 330 some million people in here supposedly. That's probably right. going up by the however much per day with people flooding in here at this point. But where is I don't, I don't know if it's a church leader we need or a professional athlete. It's like, gosh, I mean, Colin Kaepernick is, you know, Jesus himself, but, yeah. and he's so honored, but like, where is, I know there's so many specifically like baseball. There's so many conservative people that I know have the same beliefs that we do, but they will be canceled so fast. But I, where is somebody that has a you know, net worth of $250 million that has these same beliefs that can just. Be outspoken. Not you know? care. I, 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 yeah, I'm not care about.
0: Yeah, not care about media cancellation or, you know, backlash from fans. I I will say. Um, there are some things I don't agree with, but like Aubrey Huff. Oh yeah, he is extremely outspoken for sure. Kurt Schlichter. Um, there is a lot of uh, MMA fighters and stuff like that. But it's one of those things where, you know, unless you're LeBron James, you know, the the god uh, all be all and all for everyone, <clears throat> you know, or like a a singer like Lady Gaga or whatever, then you know people don't listen.
1: Yeah, I saw yeah. Don people don't. People don't.
0: He said Go something ahead. about
1: LeBron James and where. Where is he on the Afghanistan crisis? You know, it's like, right. Yeah. Where is his well,
0: he is? has to be able to, he has to be able to read because that, you know, put him on the spot before when he was supposedly reading Malcolm X and they're like, oh, well, what's the book about? And he's like, it's got some words. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like there's some words in there and, uh, yeah, they use the N word a lot. There's a N word in there
1: unbelievable and i well i like aubrey huff a lot too i mean i I don't agree with everything he says um yeah i don't i don't agree with most of what you know everyone anybody else says but right there there just needs to be a (laughs) a real real big name in my opinion that'll be willing to step out and take some slings and arrows for a while for the greater good and i'm still waiting on it but
0: yeah and you you know we can't to be like i i can't rely on any politician of any Status because they're all bullshit, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you know, even though some people did some good stuff, it's like you've had all these chances to like stop big tech from their censorship and take away, uh, the what is it, 240 protections or whatever it is. Sure. Um, you know, or you could like, uh, stop the conglomerates from forming or you could uh you know stop the vaccine mandates or stop you know the lockdowns or or stop fraud and <clears throat> hello um or any of that kind of stuff but they just don't because they're so weak and they get so much pressure and it's like if you don't uh follow what we tell you to do you know and i'm sure they get threatened all the time like mm-hmm. they're going to kill their families or whatnot, because, uh, hello, that's the history of our country and the three letter agencies that be, um, and all of the awful things that, that they have done to people. And, you know, look at, uh, justice Scalia, you know, okay. and all these other politicians and whatnot that were found quote wink, Uh, found dead from a suicide even though it was a gunshot to like the back of the head or a barbell smashing your throat or smashed your head in or you know whatever but everybody committed suicide you know and i I can understand yeah but the politicians are so weak like they have nothing you know and i think honest to god it is going to take A complete and total burning down and uh, reformation of government. Because just putting a few people in here or there that are trying to do good is not going to solve anything because you've still got hundreds of other ones in there that, you know, taking bribes and making deals under the table and, you know, setting up fake witnesses and, and shit like that. So.
1: Yeah. And, I and even so much so as on the local level, I never knew that it was as important as it is until the last year and a half. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I live in California and Newsom. hopefully we get somebody else in there soon, but, um, you know, Orange County. I don't think so. Yeah. And even during the height of the pandemic, Orange County was pretty much wide open. I could go into any restaurant right. or food, no mask, nothing. They never really shut down at all. San Diego is somewhere yep. in between like LA and Orange County. But um, and San Francisco is probably even the worst. But on the local level, it, it matters. I mean, my life is very different in North County right. San Diego than it is for someone living in inner city LA. It just
0: right and it's absolutely. All local yeah, and you know, I I honestly believe that if there was no actual fraud going on, uh, California would have gone completely red completely I, I red i mean there's some pockets that are always going to be blue same thing with here there's always going to be some blue pockets but i i wholeheartedly believe with as many supporters and followers and whatnot that we have in california i guarantee the state's red
1: i've seen it with Give my own eyes i i've seen so many trump stations um You know, where they're selling shirts and they're still doing it. There's one right across the street from my house and they're still out there even to this day. And it's all over the place. And Orange County is packed. San Diego's red. I can guarantee you that. Um, And then the whole Central Valley. I mean, I I know that's red. So there's San Francisco, inner city, like San Francisco and LA. I know they have a lot of people, but I think everything else is basically red.
0: Right. I agree. So let's talk about your book, A Voyage to a Better Life. Tell me, like, um, what was your inspiration, first of all, to write it, and then tell everybody what it's about?
1: Yeah. So I kind of stumbled into it. So I was um, in a, my master's program uh, in 2007. I was getting my MBA, and um, we either had to write a thesis paper on
0: you know, mm-hmm. some
1: topic we wanted to do or we could come up with a product. And mm-hmm. at that time I was, I was really into writing. I was reading a bunch of books and, and um, I was really into like nonfiction, you know, self-improvement, all that kind of stuff. And I just, I, I'm a big, I'm a big runner. I run a lot. I've run a few marathons and um, I would have, I'd read these fictional books or not nonfiction books. And then I'd go for a long run. I think about it, and have all these thoughts in my mind. So what I would do is after my runs, I'd jot down these thoughts and then I thought, well, maybe I'm just going to write something down for myself so that later in life, I have something to look back on. And then it kind of grew and grew and grew. And I ended up writing uh, a few hundred pages of just thoughts and things I've learned. And, um, I ended up developing that into, I had it published and developed that for my product for my, um, master's program. So that's kind of what, um, inspired It's just, I was enjoying writing and then what pushed me to do that last step of trying to get it published was to have a product that I could bring to market and sell um, as part of my graduation process in that. So that kind of pushed me into it.
0: So how hard was it to, to get it uh, published?
1: So there's a, it took me a little bit of time, but there is a, where my kids go to school. um, It's a, it's founded by a rather large church in the area. And the, the senior pastor there has wrote a number of books. just so happens to know that that my I have family that's close to uh the senior pastor's ghost writer so I met with her a few times and we made some tweaks to it and um she helped me um get it published I've been to some writer symposiums uh, through her and and that's how we kind of crossed that finish line of the publication process but There's some things in there that I've, I've reread the book in the last year. And there's some things that I myself like don't even agree with anymore. So I'm actually in the process of taking my life experience of those 13 years that have uh, passed since when I wrote it until now, you know, getting married, having four kids going through the last year and a half that, um, I, I do have a goal of rewriting another version of it in the next couple of years.
0: So, so what is, what is it about?
1: So it's about um, for, for me, I notice that the same things that I struggle with in life keep coming up. Right. Um, it's kind of right. like my vice. And and for me, a lot of that can do with like, you know, alcohol abuse um, and uh, anger management type things. And I noticed, man, like the same types of vices that I have keep um, rearing its ugly head over and over and over. And so I, I play guitar and I play music I played trumpet growing up so um, there's a a term in music called uh, de Capo it's an Italian term and it, it basically just means repeat so the book mm-hmm. title is called uh, De Capo A Voyage to a better life and the whole th- the whole theme of it is that like hey even if you feel like you're stuck in this rut of gosh' I, I'm, I'm failing over and over again in the same things it doesn't mean that, just like a beautiful chorus repeated, can't still be good. It's like you can still learn something new every time through it and you can grow Mm -hmm. through that process. So it's not always a bad thing when you you keep tripping up, but you learn so much through your mistakes and there's like beauty and pain through that. And so that's kind of what the book is about. Um, and my, what I want to do in the next, um, iteration of that book is to write a whole version of like, add this whole concept of like true self versus false self and like you know you know as a bible-believing christian i believe you know god has righteous anger you know he's right. a jealous god but my anger i can i can have anger in the right ways um but i can also right. you know have it in typically the wrong ways you know lashing out at somebody um right. or you know picking a fight whatever it may be um there's good and bad versions of everything in life and like learning to navigate. Okay. What's the true version of like what the creators put in me and what the, what the false and distorted version of is that, that I've created in my flesh. Um, And just like in, in the book of Ephesians for it, I mean, it talks a lot about um, putting on your new self, you know? Um, And that's a daily thing. It talks about clothing yourself in righteousness. And for me, like clothing yourself, isn't necessarily Something to do once a month, right? It's daily. It's right. really surrendering right. that and going through it and being okay with it and, and trying one little bit at a time to get closer to your your goal of perfection eventually, right?
0: Right. And I hundred percent agree with that. And you know, I think there's a lot of people that, unfortunately, like, and I I can say this because I used to be one of those people. Um, with my ex husband, it was like I would be like the funny, silly, weird, happy Janet at work with my coworkers, and then when I would go home, um, that part of me would irritate him, and so I would have to be a, a completely version completely different version of me. And I would have to be very like reserved and don't tell jokes because nothing's funny. And I have to be this like little like servant and, you know, do like everything I was told to do and stuff. And I was finally, you know, when I finally got out of that situation, I'm like, oh my God, like I can be the complete and total me that I am every day. And when you get to that point where you don't have to show um, like a different facade to different groups of people or different friends or, you know, co-workers or whatnot, I think that that makes life so much easier for you because you don't have to have that confusion in your mind about who you are and, and struggling with, you know, I, I really want to be the real me, but I'm afraid somebody else is not going to allow it, or doesn't like it, or you know whatever. It it confuses your system when you have to live that way.
1: Absolutely, and I I struggle with that as well. Like in my own marriage, I mean, I, I'm in sales for a living, and so I I'm in negotiations with customers all day, every day. Right, so I come home mm-hmm. and my own wife at times thinks I'm a narcissist and I I've, I've looked in like the, the danger of labeling people. Right. And one of the, right. num- one of the biggest things that confuses like narcissism with other things is like the ability to be a good negotiator. Cause you can never really admit you're completely wrong. Like you can always kind of negotiate and weasel your way out of it. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, like trying to find a balance between those two things, um, is hard. And like also being able to lean on your own gifts, right? We've all been given right. some gifts. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. When we all look at everybody else in the world, oh man, that person is—they have the right angle of their pose, and they've got the makeup artist on them, and they're standing in front of a pool, who's not their pool—it's their friend's parents' pool, right, or something like that. But right. This is the perfect <laughs> life, right? And right. So everything seems so great in everyone else, but um, you know, I read a quote recently by who's Pablo Picasso, who said the the meaning of life is to find your gift, but the purpose is mm-hmm. to give it away.
0: Right. That's correct.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's um, it, but I think people want every gift, right? They want to be, um, they want to, they want to be financially blessed. They want to be a good communicator. They want to be a good athlete. They want to be famous. And that's what I think has led a lot of these, um, a lot of people, even on, on my side of the, Hey, the election fraud and the QAnon stuff, right? It's, it's again, the all or nothing approach of, Hey, this is they, they want their gift to be to like maybe decode everything and have the answer of everything right. that's going on in the world right now. And that would be nice, but like, that's just not. You always have reality. to be right. Yeah. That's, that's not possible. Thank like you.
0: Yeah. And to me, um, like I really, really am not concerned with um, materialistic things. I never have been because, you know, like when I, Like my first marriage, you know, he was such a materialistic person and it was like, I filed for divorce and he's like, fine, but I'm keeping like the house and all the furniture and even like down to the towels and the forks and the plates and literally everything. And I'm like, that's completely fine (laughs) because all I want is our daughter and you can literally have everything else. And he was happy with that. He's like, good, because I'm so concerned about my status stuff. I don't even care about my child because I have things. And I'm like, well, I don't have things other than my child. And that's enough because everything else could be replaced.
1: Absolutely. And I think
0: a lot of people that like they're so focused on like you make so much money, but it's never enough. And you have to keep making more and more and more and more. You have to get to a point in life, I think, where you're very thankful and you're very happy for what you have. And you don't need more to find your happiness because like my life is completely happy. And I could give a two shits less like about a fancy car or anything like that or like a big mansion because one, I'd have to clean it (laughs) and no, because that's a lot of work. By yourself, um, and two, like uh, I don't need status symbols to get approval of other people to make me happy. Like what's inside of me and what's in our relationship makes me happy. And so I think a lot of people confuse like things, or um, you know, like having the best of this or that, or you know, whatever confuse that with happiness. That's not where you find your happiness, like at all. Like me, I find my happiness like helping other people. Uh Um, Like, you know, there's a lot of podcasters that are always like, oh my God, like you're so nice and you always boost our shows and you're always sending guests and whatnot. I I love doing that. I love helping other people and that's definitely something you don't keep for yourself. You give it away. Like, could I be bigger? Yeah. But that I don't need it. I don't need it because I like doing things for other people. Same thing with um, like even in the nursing profession and you know, I retired a long time ago, but like, I still love, you know, helping people or, You know, being a, um, like people always call me a therapist, even though I'm not a therapist. You know, it's like people call me just to talk and vent about their problems or whatnot. And they know they can be their self. They know I don't have any judgment against them, regardless of what it is. And I can just let them talk and talk back to them and communicate in a way that makes them feel better. And those are things that I enjoy doing. Those are my gifts, and I love that.
1: That's so true. Mine are simple, know? and and I talk try try to talk to my kids about that. Um, I'm I'm no less happy, maybe less happier today than I was seven years ago, and I probably make quadruple the money I did before. You know, exactly. Like, there's just a certain yeah. amount where like you have your basic needs met, and then you have enough margin to where like it's not really stressful, right? Um, right. And then everything else is kind of. I don't know, for show. like I, Extra. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's extra, and it just a lot of times causes more problems.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, and the more you have, like, uh, the more you need or the more, like, you have to get or do or buy or be or, you know, whatever. And it comes with a lot of headaches. Mm-hmm. You know, we simplified a lot of stuff, and I couldn't be happier. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me, and I don't care if – like we don't have a spade a speed boot to match the neighbors or to one up the neighbors. Yeah. Like that's what I used to be married to. And that also comes with debt and stuff. And we don't have that. Yeah, that's smart. Now that's smart way and I'm I'm so like I because I could really care less. Like I don't I mean, I like nature is my thing. So I love just literally sitting outside and watching the deer or the turkeys in the yard or, you know, the lizards or or whatever the case may be. I just, that's my happy place. Like I don't need materialistic stuff to do that.
1: Yeah. It's a healthy place. I just need peace.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I don't need to live in a fancy subdivision with fancy neighbors anymore either.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, there, And even comes with relationships, you know, I had to look at some of my friends, um, who I've been spending time with and, you know, it's like, am I, am I always giving, are we kind of both giving, you know, that symbiotic relationship or are we both kind of living off each other healthy or is it, you know, am I just, is someone else just benefiting and no benefit to me? And I think there's healthy times for that. Like I, I went through, um, kind of a dark place about a year ago. And there were a couple mentors I worked with and the beginning of that relationship was like, I was a parasite, you know, it was, they had been through their stuff before. I hadn't really been in the dark place that I've been. And, you know, I was the only one really benefiting in that, but then there was a time of growth to where I can kind of, okay, I'm going to pull off of that and then move into more of like a a mutual relationship. Um, And then knowing how to navigate that, I think is important. And then also having people in your life to, to mentor and walk you through that. Uh, right is
0: healthy and it and that's so true um in friendships or relationships alike you have to have that balance and you have to be able to um like your wife is down at this time and this is what's going on with her and so you're there for her and then you need to have that returned as well like when you need something and i think in a lot of relationships that's really lacking that you know communication or you know like listening ear like okay i'm hearing you and you you have these issues or these problems going on right now and i'm going to be there for you but at the same time, they've got to be there for you in return when you need it as well. Yeah, and absolutely. I think a lot of people don't have that.
1: Absolutely. So,
0: so tell me, um, like, in this, in your book, and in um, the way that you have kind of um, evolved in your growth, which is a great thing because um, I think everybody needs to go. Th- go through a growth period. Do you ever find, um, that it's true that like things are put in front of you at a time for a specific reason? And, um, whether it's like a friend or a relationship or something that you should always learn a lesson from that person or that event.
1: I do. Yes. Um, and again, it brings me back to like, I was born and raised in a Christian home and, and I didn't, you know, you don't, it becomes very ritualistic as you go throughout life as a young person, then you find your own way and then you kind of come back to it. And for me, I mean, I think the Bible is very clear. It's like, you know, all good, all things work for the good of those who love them, you know? And, and, um, I, I don't, I have not grown in my life nearly as much as uh, when I'm in a good phase of, you know, easy phase of life, stress-free than when I do when mm-hmm you know, get been kicked in the nuts essentially. So that's my, my best, um, growth phase. And I've learned, um, to just say like, man, life is really hard. And I'll, I'll say sometimes myself, thank you, Jesus. I trust you. And just repeat Mm -hmm. it and repeat it and repeat it. And I Mm -hmm. don't necessarily believe it to start, but I have this visualization in my, uh, my head where I'm like, I'm just juggling these, these balls in my that they're, I'm just staring at all my problems, right? And then I'm like, mm-hmm. just gotta let them drop under the ground and say, like, I'm actually at an opportunity here where I can grow a lot. Whether it's someone else right. in my life, or the pain I'm experiencing, or financial issues, or marriage problems, or the health of a family member, whatever it is, it's it's it really is an opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. But most of the time, like we don't we don't take it. We just try to get distracted or what I've typically done in the past is just blame someone else. It's their fault. It's their fault. I not mine. I'm not going to grow. And then you, you miss the opportunity because uh, mm-hmm. time will pass. And you know, every, every time that you think the life, you know, life is over, it, it's typically not, you know? Um, right. So I, I strongly believe that everything is an opportunity.
0: Yeah, and see, I do too, because um, even like past relationships and things like that, um, like, oh, wow, I really had my share of bad apples, you know, and it's like each one of them taught me like you don't need this or you don't need that or you don't need to be talked to or treated this way or whatever. And same thing with friends like, okay, I'm not into the using thing. Um, you know, I, I'm not into being your friend as a convenience, you know, every, every incident, whether it was a traumatic accident or something like that has always taught me a lesson of some kind, even the really shitty bad stuff, mm-hmm. like I always pick something out of that, and I'm like, okay, this is a tool for growth. This is what I'm gonna use to like make things better for me, um, to to make me a better person, and make me grow. And not everybody's in your life for a long term purpose. Um, some people are like stepping stones, and so they come in for a short period of time to teach you something, and then they move on. It's because that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, and I think that's that's super important. So let me ask you, um, as far as like spirituality, growing up in the church, things like that, um, do you feel? closer in your spirituality or relationship with God now than you did when you were younger. Have you seen that grow?
1: I do over the last six months. um, If I'm honest, no, not, not from the last five to six years. Uh, I just got so caught up in four kids trying to make life killing just everything. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. I battled through a pretty bad sickness, um, totally unexplained. Um, to where just constant fatigue when the twins were born and not just from lack of sleep, I'm talking like I had, um, arrhythmia, um, just really bad symptoms. I I was not myself for about six months and that Mm -hmm. kind of, that really broke me and it kind of caused me to be bitter for a while. Um, Mm -hmm. but then again, over the last year and a half, I, I really think again, like the the shadow proves the sunshine, right? I mean, the, how dark things have gotten and how I view that darkness, it just there has to be whatever somebody wants to call it. Like we can debate that and can, that's a whole nother discussion, but like something ultimately good has to exist if this like ultimate bad, and it could get a lot worse, is ultimate evil. Right. There ha- and why do I have an inherent belief that like, oh, good and bad? There has to be something... Right that has an ultimate good to even think that, right?
0: Right. That's correct. You know, and I think, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of people nowadays are very lost um, in faith, Mm -hmm. are very lost in they don't know what to believe, how to believe, and they associate that with bad things that happened, um, like in the organized church organized religion uh, but they they're like associate with that the stigma that you know God has to be bad or God doesn't exist or whatever because you know bad people are out doing bad things and so I'm not going to believe in God because these things happened. Do you see that?
1: all the time? Yeah and um, I mentioned some you know alcohol, abuse issues. I actually took a class this last, or bear with me. I got a fire truck coming up behind my (laughs) window here. But, um, so I, I saw, I saw a class I took, um, this past winter regarding alcohol abuse. And I just wanted to learn more about it so that I can control and recognize some of my triggers and those types of things. And what I found is there was a lot of narcotic abuse and all that stuff. And what I found is I would ask um, a lot of guys a question. Hey, have you you tried church? Have you done this? And almost every single person that I met in there had a complete neglect for God. They all would have to Mm -hmm. find their higher power. It would be water. It would be the sun. It would be nature. It would be who knows what. Anything but God. Right. And it was really sad to hear. And I asked one of the guys one day. I said, Hey, what, what, what do you, what issue do you have with like formal religion or or just God? And he said, well, um, there was sexual abuse in the Catholic church I went to. And so I just, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And I just thought to myself, man, like what a, I I get that's a real feeling for him, but what a generalization. One human being who claimed to be a, in, in connection with God, that was a leader of the church.
0: Right.
1: Had a, you know, made a terrible mistake. An issue. An issue. <laughs> a big issue. A total serious weirdo, issue. Yeah. But it ruined religion or any connection with God for him and probably a ton of other people just from that one right. thing. And I just, you know, it, it bothered me because I'm like, man, God is not re- responsible for that, guys. We have a free will. And, um,
0: and that's, that's the him. thing is that. You know, a lot of people are in that situation, like you mentioned, where, you know, they've witnessed something that, or they've heard of something or whatnot. So then they choose not to believe or not to have faith because something bad happened.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I think a lot of people are very misconstrued in that because um, people are inherently evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are born not without sin. And that is man, that is not God, that is man um, choosing to molest children or choosing to make, you know, sacrifices or whatever. Hello, the Catholic Church is famous for that. I know, grew up in the Catholic Church, I know about that. Um, But the thing that I think people miss is that church... And going to a building is not God. No. That is, again, materialistic stuff. Um, Your relationship with God should be your relationship with God wherever you choose to worship. If you worship at your house, if you worship in a field, it does not matter as long as you have that relationship and that belief Um, in something higher. And here's why I say that because you choose not to believe God exists, or that God is good because of bad things that happen. However, you're believing in your government, even though they've done bad things repeatedly, Um, you're believing in a family member, That has molested or chronically abused, or you know, whatever the case may be, but you still accept them, but you choose not to accept God, which is to me very misguided because God is not man, God is not made of sin. That's mankind. And so you're putting your faith in mankind who is sinful, prideful, boastful, and evil above somebody that can actually help you solve your problems if you just accept them.
1: Absolutely. That's have, my thinking. Yeah. And I, I, I completely agree. I asked this this guy I met and I said, well, you know, you seem to be happy. You're 100 days sober. You value sobriety, right? You you really do. He's like, yeah. What if you found out tomorrow that the director of this whole organization that helped you get there was, I don't know... a abusing alcohol say, or whatever the case mm-hmm. is. Right. Would you then like say, you know, actually, you know what? I don't like sobriety. I'm going to go back to drinking a handle of vodka today is what this guy was doing. Oh, like wh- right. just because of someone else's action, like you therefore have to throw everything that would, could have been good for you over it. That exactly. That doesn't make any, um, any sense
0: it's because it. you're, you're putting your faith into another human being. yes, And that is your God over God,
1: and we've we've done that in a lot of ways with Trump, too. You know, and, and I've fallen victim to that. It's right. like exactly like, man, he's he's a, he's one man. And I agree with a lot. of his. say, I mean, there's some things I don't completely agree with, but it's almost like, like some people too. can't let go of the fact that he had the election stolen from him. And hopefully we can prove that to be the case and overturn it. But mm-hmm. and now people are like, what do we do? No, we got to hang on to the fact that like, he's still president. It's not still good. And all, it's like, man, like slow down. Like he, he never was. Yeah, God.
0: No. And that's the thing is um he's not God. He's not going to like solve your problems. No, no human being is, mm-hmm. Um, there's no human on the planet that, that will or can succeed in doing that. And that's why, you know, some people are, are so misguided. Like, did I vote for him? Yes, I did. But do I f- see him as a cultish figure or a, uh, savior figure authority figure or whatever? No, I don't yeah. because humans are fallible. Humans are extremely fallible and they bend and they break really easy, you know, yes. and I'll, and a lot of people, again it's goes back to morals and values and beliefs and that is why people are so easily persuaded into things they don't want to do or they don't believe in you know because they they don't have that moral or value or belief system inside of them that makes them be stronger
1: yeah absolutely absolutely
0: so, Mr. Chad, I it was a pleasure having you on here today. I absolutely adore you. Um I'm I'm so appreciative for the book that you wrote and I'm looking forward to the next edition. So, where can people find you at and where can they find your book at?
1: Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at ChadYoung22. Um, and then for the book, you can find it, you can order it on Amazon. If you just search, uh, de capo D a C a P O. And you can buy it directly from like Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Um, those, those spaces online. But, um, yeah, Janet, thanks so much for having me on. Um, it was fun. I mean, you know, it kind of went deep and went the religious route and, and that's kind of where right. my heart's at right now, just with what I'm right. navigating life with. But, um, I'd love to be back on at some point. We can go down some fun stuff too and some some rabbit holes of (laughs) some entertaining. Absolutely. um, Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was fun.
0: Absolutely. Um, So everybody make sure you go follow Chad, make sure you check out his book and it was a pleasure having you. I, I, like I said, I absolutely adore you and um, I wish the best for you and your family and, everything about your life for the future. So for me and for Chad, we'll see you next time. Have a good one.